What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey friends, there's plenty of miserable information out there right now. Hopefully we can start seeing some good stories emerging. Thankfully, we've got some great things coming up on the canine paradigm. We really appreciate all of you who have been backing our show, whether it's just listening to the show or the people from Patreon who have been paying the bills for us and keeping the show running. You guys are heroes to us. We can't thank you enough. We also need to thank people like Mark Lapointe from Canine Dynamics all the way over from Ontario in Canada. Thank you so much, Mark. You've been a fantastic asset to the show, as has Jason Furman, the bullfed from Einswick Dog Quip. You all know him, you all love him. He's been very helpful and stuck with us right from the start. Thanks, Jace, you're a legend. Kylie Bright, she backed the show also through Bright's Bites. All of these people, if you can help them out during this time, it'd be absolutely fantastic. Buy a little thing from them, just keep their cash supply moving as well. We're all hurting, we're all looking for some way to keep our own business stimulated. This is what we do best, folks, in the industry. We all look for ways to help each other. If we can do that, we're going to get through this and we're going to be smiling on the other side of it. Thanks heaps for staying with the show. Hopefully, we're going to start hearing a lot more positive stories over the negative ones. As I said before, we really appreciate all of you. Even you, Jason Furman, you friggin' bullfed. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio today by my co-host, Glenn Cook. I'm here. And sitting across the table from us in a correct social distancing distance is Bertie O'Shea. Hello, everybody. Hi, Bertie. Good to see you. Good to see you too. It's good that we could all still come together, that we haven't been locked down. Locked down yet. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it was... Very mindful this morning how we greet each other. Like normally I come running and giving everyone a hug and this morning it was hand to the heart looking at each other. Good morning. I know you are a very big hugger and actually so am I. I, I do like hugging people. I hug Certain people I people. love. I yeah. don't hug everyone. I, love, yeah. I hug people I love. This would be ideal for Georgie Harrington. Yeah, she oh, would she be. Had Georgie, she had her birthday. Georgie would be living her best life at the moment, thinking, "Thank fuck," you yeah. know, like this that is this is the best thing that's happened to anybody because yeah, yeah. nobody wants to hug me anymore. Dallas too, mm-hmm. and Dallas, yeah, Dallas yeah. Berkowitz, yeah, mm-hmm, and yeah. Alicia, Alicia, who, which one? Adelaide. Oh, yes, Alicia Martin. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. although she did let me hug her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You've just moved? Yes. I can finally say I have moved. We moved in on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I'm living the box life, but not Pat's box life, like the renovation box life. Okay. I was very proud this morning. It only took me 15 minutes to find my things out of boxes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's but pretty then, good. Yeah, but then the car keys didn't work. I couldn't unlock my car, so I then I had to go through all the boxes finding the spare key. What, do you have a late. flat battery? Yeah, in the car key I did. Yeah, mm. So you've pre-prepared for social distancing because you're now in the mountains away from I'm anybody I'm surrounded by five acres. I'm sweet. Like yeah. this is just I, – I don't even have to put effort into it. This is just my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for us, it's like I used to work on tuberculosis wards and highly infectious areas, so I got 
that down pretty good. Like mm-hmm. I know how to wash my hands and how to do those things. Cool. So I'm sweet. For those people who don't know where Birdie lives, she lives in a region called the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, and it's just a spectacular place. Like if anyone saw my motorbike riding pictures I put up on the weekend, it is it is just a beautiful part of the world. Like it is so serene, and, and the scenery and the views are just magnificent all around the area. Like it's a beautiful food bowl area. They grow a lot of fruit and vegetables up there. And But apart from that, you know, like there's just these great big gorges and like I said, the scenery is magnificent. If you ever come to New South Wales as a visitor, it's really a part of the world that you want to drive through and have a look, especially in summer. It's fantastic. Can't say enough nice things about it. No, it's so amazing. We have like waterfalls within walking distance mm. from the house. Like we have so many bushwalks, mountain bike trails. It's just absolutely beautiful. And there's hardly any light pollution. There's no noise. Like we couldn't sleep the first two nights because it was so quiet. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of wildlife, like this morning, I nearly fell into a wombat hole outside the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wombats. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes tight. that can mean different things in Australia, but not in this case. I skipped that one. <laughs> 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 I don't know how to react to that. I don't know what I'm that means. I'm not aware of that. <laughs> I'm glad we need it. But no, it's, it's really good. And another reason why we live in the Blue Mountains is because we really like the community up there. It's very friendly. It's a much slower pace to life. And it's, for instance... Because of the social isolation, I'm doing the sh- shopping for my neighbours who are elderly. They check in on us, you know, like it's just, it's very resilient. It's a very, very close to my values as a person. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice. Like I feel very home Yeah, there. it is a nice community there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when you live in cities, people can be very obtuse in their behaviour sometimes. But when you're out in more rural country areas, people are friendly. Like if you're riding down the road or driving down the road, people will wave to you and nod to you. You know, they recognise you and they see you. They do uh, see you, yeah. Yeah, that, and I think that's that's more of the nice thing. There's more of a neighbourhood. and uh, It's not to say that people in the city aren't nice people because I know that there are good bubbles of community that exist. But certainly out in the country, a lot more people, they really see you as a person. And, like, you'll get random people who you've never met in your life. If you're, if you're walking through an area, they'll say hello to you. You know, and and it, if you're not used to it, it's unusual, and you're thinking, "Why are you saying hello to me?" But it's because they're used to more of a friendly community lifestyle where they buy and trade and share with each other. It I, is a nicer way of life, really. But I also think in the Blue Mountains, they're very used to living with nature. So, mm. for instance, when we did the renovations, because our house was is still a building, so it's really run down. The first two weeks we were there, there were the massive bushfires and all of a sudden we got texts from strangers just telling us, are you okay? Do you need help? Come to the community emergency meeting. We pick you up. And we've never met them. People yeah. just showed up because they do understand you're only as strong in a community as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. And our property is five acres of bushland and forest. It was the most rundown property in the area and they knew if our property isn't helped, all their properties are in danger. So all of a sudden we have all these people showing up, helping us, giving us advice. And, you know, we city people. We had no idea how to manage that. And all of a sudden there were these massive amounts of people just offering free help mm. and supporting us. And, you know, that was just amazing. Like I've never met them. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, you're my people. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. We got flattened here a while ago by some pretty severe winds. Like it, it was about, oh, yeah, yeah it was a, it was just before Christmas and the whole area like Galston, Dural, where we live and all, all the, the region around it just, it was like a sideways tornado ripped through the area. It was brutal. Did millions and millions of dollars worth of damage to the area. 
we had like five trees down. They smashed gates out the front. There was a father and son that just came around with their car. Like he, he came into the driveway and he said, mate, I've got chainsaws in the back. Do you want me to rip into it? And I said, mate, any other day I would say absolutely. And I said, but I've just got onto a arbiter who's um, who's going to come around and, and tear through it for us. And I said, and they've got the chipping machine. But, you know, fantastic community help you're doing. And he goes, oh, mate, you know, we all got to look after each other. You do. And that. That's the old Aussie spirit, you know, like help your mate sort of attitude that we really used to have, mm-hmm. certainly back in uh, in the 70s and 80s and somewhat into the 90s, but it started to disappear a little bit, but it was still nice to see it. And, you know, like I said, in those more rural areas, it's nice that people are, you know, still thinking about that, like help your mates. And if you've got access to resources and other people don't, go out there and help. It was so interesting. I was in a supermarket in Lura a few days ago and you can tell that people are panicking like at the moment you you, you know your true self you shows see up yeah you, you have to make a decision who do you want to be when you put under pressure right mm-hmm. and you have you're giving up control to a certain degree like who what do you want to stand for and in in the mountains a lot of us are not on the underwater system from the council we have a lot of septic yeah it's tanks. rainwater yeah. and mm. so we have to buy special soap and detergent and cleaning products for the septic tank yeah and I was in the, the church in the aisle and there was only one laundry powder left that was septic tank friendly. And there was a man behind me and he was on the phone. He's like, I can't believe people are so disgusting. Everything is gone. Like people are so rude. And he was close to tears. Like he was a very accomplished man. Like you could see that he was really stressed and he had a really bad morning. And he's like, and now there's this lady and she's just going to buy the last laundry detergent and I don't know what to do. And I turned to him and I gave him my laundry powder. and he's like oh my god what did you just do and i'm like you clearly need that more than i do if i run a circle in my washing machine without soap nothing happens like it's still clean and he's like oh my god and then he had this you know when people they don't tear up but you can see they just are really touched in their eyes like they got Mm. that sparkle yeah and i'm like yeah so that was he nice. was probably talking to no one on the phone, but saw that you had yeah, yeah dibs on it. So <laughs> he's gone. My story. He's gone. I've got two options story. here. I can run this bitch over with my trolley, or <laughs> I, I can pretend to cry <laughs> to my wife on an empty phone. <laughs> For those who don't know what we're laughing about before. Before we started the show, Bertie was having microphone oh, malfunctions. You have to talk I, about it, don't you? Oh, I do because to. Pat burst to. in fucking laughing and made me laugh. We have to get a video such of boys. it. Yeah. You're such boys. So, so what happened Here, was touch Bertie, it again. Hold on, let me, let me <laughs> film that. No, let me no, film I'm that. Do it again. Of, no, I'm not part of that. So what happened was Bertie was trying to adjust the microphone that kept flying into her mouth, and it was like <laughs> it just it's it, spring loaded. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's the on balances these. off the way she's sitting and it just shot at so, her. Yeah, and it kept bouncing off her chin and it just, yeah, it looked quite funny. And it just happened while she was telling her sad story that we <laughs> completely ruined about, you know, human frailty and generosity and love and compassion and everything about, you know, a, a guy that was pretending to speak on his phone to his wife. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Bertie. That's all good. It was, it's you're sharing point. a very sensitive and no, loving I mean, moment. It, I mean, it's also, I think in these times you have to giggle. Like you need to find things That's to giggle right. about, right? Like, yeah. And, you know, I'm always up for some fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really important at the moment because at the moment I think emotional contagion is a huge topic. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yep. Well, that's why we want to come and have you. you that's why we have that's our why residents. We want you, it's yeah. happening again. It's poking me in the eye again. Oh, oh what? <laughs> I want to take a photo of your dirty laughter, uh, Pat. Oh, um, God. Anyway, now we're good. Yeah, that'll stay there. 
Yeah, so emotional contagion I think is a big topic at the moment mm-hmm. and I'm not a huge expert on this right now, but I just want to share a little bit what I know because I think it's so important that we do understand how we hold ourselves at the moment makes an impact, mm. not just in our family, but also further on because it's like a chain, like a chain reaction, like a domino effect. And a lot of us are surrounded by really sensational journalism and media. Like if, if I look at my Facebook feed at the moment, it's really anxiety provoking and not mm-hmm. in a helpful way. It's, it's not in a, Hey, this is constructive. This is what you can do. These are the facts. It's like, Oh my God, just freak out. Yeah. Well, that's what media is brilliant at. But Whipping. it's not just media doing it. It's people doing it to themselves. It's driving mm. me crazy. Like we spoke about it last week, but I, I want to go into more detail now. It's like, if you see something that is relevant information, don't screenshot it, post the original link yeah. to it because a screenshot is, it, is you can't useless find the information. Yeah. yeah. And then it's got like, there's no, there's no telling what the source is when you screenshot it and there's no mm. date stamp on it. It's nothing like it's absolutely fucking useless as yeah. information. So if you want to share some relevant information, share the actual article or the actual link to it. So then when I read that, I can go, Oh, that's from the 9th of March. Like that's not even relevant to mm. now. Yeah, timeline is so important right now. Like yeah. timeline is everything. Yeah. Especially things are changing at such a rapid rate. Like information that's three hours old can be irrelevant, you know? Well, while you're talking about that, I want to give a little plug to somebody I think is a fantastic human being. It's a lady called Jules DeSantos, and she just succeeded me as the director for boarding training, pet care, and pet sitting, I think, for the PIAA. Mm -hmm. Absolutely lovely lady. Owns this beautiful little cattery called Divine Creatures. So I'm giving her business a plug and her because she's, she's a wonderful human being, and she's very caring and very thoughtful. Since she succeeded me on the forums, she's been doing exactly what you said. She's been posting helpful links to, you know, people who are losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. So she's looking up all the government support. She's looking up all the relevant industry information that's helpful for our industry. So during times of lockdown, because we're animal welfare related, the rules are somewhat different to us because we still have to care and yeah. monitor animal health health and welfare. Sure. So Jules, you are if you listen to our show or anybody who is involved in the PIAA, really get behind Jules. She's a really pragmatic and thoughtful and caring person. She is the best person for the job. She'll make a better director than what I did because she's just very proactive in her role and in, in her business life as well. So even with her business, if we can help her and help the many other people as, as well, you know, there are pets that are still going to be needed to care for. There's people who, who may get sick, God bless them. But if they do and their pets need care and, and help, you know, like we're out in the industry to be able to be supportive for you. So, you know, like I said, just a plug for a wonderful human being, one of millions. I think on that that topic of pet care, you know, there's, there's lots of people who are stranded essentially not at home mm. with their dogs in boarding, training, that sort of thing. Yep. So it's important that people at least have the peace of mind because that's what creates panic is like- What do I do? Yeah, like, you know, people especially who consider their dog a family member, that sort of thing. Now the dog is stranded. The idea that my dog's in the kennel here and I'm stuck overseas or interstate and can't get back because of travel restrictions or whatever. Like yep. it's important to have that peace of mind. Like someone's looking after Fido. Absolutely. Like, like Fido's fine. Those people are allowed to go to work. And like, I think most people understand like pet services are, are considered an essential service. Right? They are. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, yeah. we are as well, you know, media and entertainment. So I don't know which one of those we are, but that's still allowed here in New South Media Wales. or entertainment. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we count as those. Anyway, we do. We're well, here. like we said, we we'll- got an award. 
Yeah, we did get an award. You got an award. We are officially yeah, yeah. awarded. And you have a you have a social distancing kissing photo as approved. So, <laughs> remember that photo? I actually found your photos again the other day in the in the photo booth. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still have that as blackmailing. If I ever need to blackmail you, <laughs> I'm unblackmailable. It's all out. Put it out there. Go for it. I'll share it. You post it. I'll share it. Okay. So, Bertie, we got you all the way over here. Let's make good use of your time because. I think you are absolutely an essential service for people right now, like your words of wisdom, your compassion and so forth. I mean, to be honest, it's probably a bit of 50-50 for you at the moment because you've left your career. Yes, I've resigned as a – well, not resigned. I will be forever a clinical psychologist and I will keep my training up. But I have resigned from being employed by the government under Medicare, so I've handed in my um, cancellation of my provider number – and I've closed my clinic, my private practice. So at the moment, I'm free agent, like I'm between jobs. And I'm enjoying this right now because I just want to take some time off. Like I'm going to the ICP conference, hopefully in September. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my heart's not in it anymore for working for Medicare at the moment. So I'm discovering new new ways of doing things. Mm. It's going to be really exciting. And I want to do a lot of online training and I'm getting a lot of people asking for what I'm doing and please be patient with me for a little while. I'm just trying to find my feet and find a rhythm and closing my practice was a ton of work. Like it was so taxing. I'm just... Yeah, it really to, took a lot out of you, didn't it? It took a massive amount of heat out of me because I have Because really it's not just standards. walking out, right? It's a lot of... No, you have a lot of duty of care. Right. Like you have to handle... Like I have a really high standard in my mm. practice. Well, I th- I'm sure other people think say that too, but I really take it to heart. Like I care about my clients. So I wanted to have good handovers. I wanted that my, you know, my reports are written, that everything is done properly. So yeah, so I'm covered in the moment in between things, but. Well, you care about people. That's one of your greatest skills. And my downfall. (laughs) Well, I mean, several people have asked me over the years that we've been doing this and you've been on the show and so forth. They've said, is Birdie really that nice? And I said, and some, like she's not just as nice as what you think she is. She's generally that nice and then some more. Mm-hmm. Well, don't, I can also be a... I didn't expect that. No, I, I do care a lot. It takes a lot for me. I'm in shock. Yeah, me too. Uh, pleasantly, though, that was... No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a saint. Like there are ways you can cross. Nobody me. is. Nobody is. But but what I'm saying is, I I do I do love people and I do like my job and I do want to you know in the end what I want to do is I want to work for the greater good and I don't know if Medicare is always allowing me to do that mm-hmm. and I want to give people more tools to help themselves because at the moment I very often feel like the government's working against me nearly not in their favour. Mm-hmm. Well, the different thing is there too is that you're in a better position now where you can pick and choose what you want to do rather than just have someone turn up. And I know that sounds awful and I'm not saying that in a deconstructive sort of manner, but the reality is is that, you know, like at least you know – who you're going to be conversing with now at this time. And I mean, there's crazy days ahead and this is where people are really going to start needing healthcare professionals and so forth to talk to, but there's also going to be an abundance of it. I do think that at the moment you have to think a little bit out of the box. Like I'm questioning certain models if they are so effective as what they want them to be. But I'm I'm really excited. I love the dog industry. I think it's, it's definitely my niche that I'm interested in working. Like I do want to help people helping with their emotions because coming back to the emotional contagion topic, that definitely plays a part with our animals as well. Yeah. And I do want to help, you know, veterinarians and nurses and so there's and burnout prevention essentially, which I'm going to talk about that at the ICP. But coming back to our topic, 
because we've taken we've taken quite a lot of side roads. We've segued all over the that's place our, this yeah, morning. Yeah, that's our thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think that it's really important that we acknowledge, hey, emotions, they do travel. You know, we have an impact how our environment feels by the way we carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we have to actually at some point probably have to make a conscious decision of who am I right now? Mm-hmm. If pressure is put onto me, what do I want to stand for? How do I want to hold myself? What message do I have? What kind of feelings do I want to give other people? How do I want to make other people feel? And that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect and always be happy. I'm the last person who always thinks positive emotions the only thing. But we very often are so unaware of how we sucked into things because mm. emotional contagion is basically when a person's emotional behavior is mimicked by us. And that can be very subtle. That can be very tiny. Like you don't even notice that this is the way it is. You know, you just all of a sudden you come in a room and you adapt to that feeling in that room. So for instance, upbeat emotions such as enthusiasm, joy, or even negative emotions such as sadness, fear, and anger are easily passed on. And you don't realize it. And it's even true that these negative emotions can have a long-term effect on you. They can raise your stress levels or they can make you feel low in your mood or maybe even make you feel depressed if you already have a lot on your plate. Like have you ever noticed that That sometimes it's yeah. actually not what your stuff that you're feeling, you're feeling someone else's mm, stuff? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an example? Well, not, not a specific one other than like in the current state of affairs and everything now, you can tell that everybody's kind of on edge and mm. – I don't want to sidetrack where you're going with all this, but like what I've noticed as well in the last sort of probably last six or seven months, I've been practicing, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a form of meditation. When I'm in the car, I genuinely try to feel really positive emotions towards people. So like, meta emotion, like yeah. a kindness, compassionate emotion. Yeah. Like you go like, okay, you just cut me off. Maybe you have diarrhea. I wish you yeah. well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly that. But also like sort of things that like people who in the past, maybe, maybe I thought of as competitors or something like that. Like when I see them successful, I really try to not just pretend that I feel good about it, but really feel good mm, for their success. Yes. Cause I too am successful. Right. Yes, like I, so I've been practicing that a lot. And then, the second part of that is then when I find before I have a chance to be cognitive in that and choose to make a good decision about like my state of my emotions around their success, if I find myself like feeling pissed off or angry at somebody else or whatever, rather than exploring that like and continuing with it, I then investigate why I feel that way. So it's I see someone do something, yeah, and go like, why do I give a shit about that? Like, because someone else is successful, why was the first thing that came into my mind, fuck them, right? Because it's your ego being triggered. Yeah, right? that's like right. Like, it's those emotions, those yeah. scenarios when we have a strong reaction is very often because our ego is hurting yeah. and we have to learn to like, totally, oh, it's right? a teacher. So. Yeah. And so I've been practicing that a lot. And for the last, you know, few months, I really have had almost find it difficult to get angry at anybody or anything like that. But what I've noticed in the last couple of weeks is that shit is sitting closer to the surface. Mm. Like when I see some people or I might like, I might, I'm almost closer to, to hitting the ceiling. Yeah. Like, Mm. and so it's clear, like it's an accumulative form of stress that it's harder for me. What was, what was something I had to do formally very consciously and make decisions about I had got to the point where it was totally subconscious and it was happening without my, my knowledge. And I was, you know, genuinely like you got, you know, you start out choosing to feel really positive towards people and trying to genuinely wish them well to the point where you don't, you don't have to try anymore. That's just what's happening. But now what I've noticed with that accumulation of stress everywhere is that I'm having more of the more 
repetitions per day or week or whatever where I go like, oh, shit, why do I feel that way? And, and having to investigate that. I mean, underlying all of this is that we forget that we are all part of consciousness. We are all part of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So technically, if you go down the really dark pointy ends in this conversation is we are all part of each other. Like we are not separate. We pretend that we are separate from each other, but we are all part of each other. Mm. So if the collective hurts, you're going to hurt. Yeah. Well, and just from a business standpoint, like I think about that, like you look at, say, people who are trying to break into the space that I'm in and like formally I would be like, no, there's not enough room. Like that's what I'm doing. That's my thing. But now I'm like, the more people doing this, the better. But I have to remind myself of that now and again at the moment. Whereas three weeks ago I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Everybody's killing it. This is the best. And now I just find myself like maybe if they kill it, I won't be able to. But then I have to put that back away and be like, no, no, no. Like there's plenty. But yeah, that's what I mean when I say like, I have noticed that for sure that I've just, it's, and I think that's just cumulative forms of stress. Like everybody's stressful everywhere. Mm. And especially with like my son, I have to, I've had to tell him a few times. I'm like, Hey man, like we have to work together at the moment because me and you are spending a lot of time together. And I like that, but like, we need to not get on each other's nerves <laughs> because there's no escape at the moment. Like we are together. Yeah. Time. Just teach him hunger game skills instead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's, there's, there's no, there's no harm in being ready. Yeah. I saw his little bow and arrow. Set bow. Out. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's really true. And I think that also, you know, comes back to realize and I think that's also why people hurt so much is that we're actually not separated from each other. We yeah. actually are very connected with each other. So if our environment and our community hurts, you will hurt. Yeah. There's an old saying I've more than likely mentioned on here before. I talk about it frequently to a lot of other people. And it's a saying that I actually don't like, but it's relevant. And that is bad news will travel all the way around the world before good news gets out of bed. And that's what's happening a lot at the moment. There's so yes. much bad news. You actually just, sorry, you just segued me into my really nice point because mm. There is a beautiful scientist named John T. Cacioppo, and he's from Chicago. And he says, the more expressive an emotion is, the more you will notice it. The louder it is, the Mm. more you will notice it, the more contagious it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you mean with bad news traveling, because it's usually filled with some form of cortisol, you know, some form of stress reaction. Absolutely. Like the journalism is not great. It's not calming. It's not, yeah, we got this. It's like, fuck. So... That's probably why. Well, everybody has a stake in bad news because if people you don't like have bad news, that you enjoy that and therefore shed it around. Mm. And if people you do like have bad news, that hits you and therefore that affects you and you've spread it around. But where like good news is you really only pass on the good news of people you like, right? Like, and so that's kind of ties back into what I was just talking about before is like really – you shouldn't it take any enjoyment in anybody's bad news. Mm. And that's what I'm trying hard to do. Like if you notice in our discussion group, like I'm trying to just post something in there every day that's fucking not coronatator related, right? Like it's Corona related. <laughs> Rip said to me the other day. Coronatator. Did, did I tell you about this? No, so the other no. day we're playing, we're just mucking around. He's Batman and he goes, You have to be the bad guy. And I was like, All right, which bad guy am I? And he goes, You could be the coronatator. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. Jane so has to anyway, do a T-shirt on that now. The Corona t- She drew this big drawing of this like germ that was the Corona Tater. Yeah. And then when I did the live in um, Crowdcast on the Patreon thing the other day, it was on my whiteboard behind and I chickened out just before I went live. I was like, oh shit, and rubbed it all out. <laughs> oh, oh. We should have shown it. But yeah, the Corona Tater. I'll get yeah. it a drawing. Yeah, we've got to post it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. But anyway, that's why I've been posting that shit of just like Valerie running around in circles. And I put one up this morning of like, you know, I was 
and it had the dogs in the where I go to. I'll tell the truth. The school car park where I let them poo every day. <laughs> like Remy found this ball and then I was mucking around. I just, I dropped it by accident and he caught it and stayed in the behavior. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I did it yeah, again. Yeah, I watched it this morning. Did it again and filmed it just so it's something, you know, it's not like it's super high quality content, it but it's just it something. It doesn't need to be, but it needs to be a break from all yeah, the shit. Just so when you're scrolling your feed, it's like something other than the coronator that is smacking you in the face every five seconds. You know, the original Patrick Stewart, Captain Me? Picard. Well, okay. you are, yeah. Well, you're the original dog. I'm also an original Patrick Stewart. You are the original, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patrick Stewart. But the original Picard, John Luke Picard from Star Trek. Yeah, spelt differently. Yeah, yeah spelt differently. There's a good meme of him where it says, every morning when I wake up and it's him sitting in the captain's chair and underneath it's got damage report. Because <laughs> unfortunately, that's what I'm literally yeah. doing. I'm walking out, I'm getting up, I'm walking outside, I'm saying to the staff, okay, what's happened today? You want to hear a Patrick Stewart story? Yeah. <laughs> So. Are you or, or Jean-Luc Picard one? Both. Okay. <laughs> so Have you met him? No, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> so I don't travel so much anymore, but I was, and I was getting sick of my suitcase scenario, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm buying the suitcase, yep. right? Like the one. So I'm Googling all that, and, you know, I used to use that Pelican case, but it's too heavy. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, I bought one of those shell carbon fiber ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was looking at what's the case. Yeah. Had all these restrictions. Anyway, I wanted this Briggs and Riley case. Anyway, it was... I'm embarrassed to say how expensive this suitcase was, right? But so I didn't want to buy one without ever having seen it. So I emailed them and they're in New York, like not far from Long Island. I was there at the end of last year. So I emailed them like, hey, I just can't bring myself to spend that much money on something I've never seen. And the reviews online are nonsense. Like you can, did you see the email we got the other day that we could buy reviews? Yes, yes. So like, I just don't trust reviews of anything. Anyway, so I was like, you know, do you mind if I come in and is this address that you have in New York, is that a shop front? And they're right back. They're like, no, it's, that's the manufacturer. That's where they're made. There's no shop front there. Like that's where it's made and the distribution. I was like, oh, okay. Like that's a bummer because I really would like to see it. And then I'm back and forth to this lady a couple of times. There's no distributors in Australia. I can't, there's nowhere I can see it. <laughs> in the end, she's like, okay, well, we might be able to make a special exemption. You'll be able to come in and actually see it just, you know, when you come in, tell them you're here to see me. So I do, I go in, I say, I'm Pat Stewart. I'm here to, <laughs> and like, you know, I call myself Pat Stewart, right? But my email is Patrick Stewart, right? Yep. And so she comes out and she's all like happy. And then she's, as soon as she lays eyes on me, is clearly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? You're not a 80 year old bald yeah, And she was like, oh, I th- oh, like you could tell she fully was thought, like, oh, that's why we make a special ex- exemption because Captain Picard wants to come and buy a Did fucking suitcase. Did she not your from Australian accent? No, we're emailing oh, just emailing, back and forth, okay, right? We're just right. emailing. Yep. And so <laughs> she's like all excited. And you can see it. She's like, oh, I thought you were Patrick Stewart. And I was like, I am. <laughs> just a different one. She can, no, I'm not and it was like, Patrick we'll, Stewart. We'll come and have a look at the fucking case then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bought the case. This is my plug for Briggs and Riley. Like, are you sitting up right now? Like you're just making yourself tall again. <laughs> yeah, I bought the case. It's wonderful. It's a fantastic suitcase. And, and a good story. When air, if, if airlines don't go bust, I'll be using it again in the future. Cool. I'll be crying so hard from laughing. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I've on. got my, speaking of memes that I was before, which were led into the Patrick Stewart story. Right, right. I've got my coping mechanism at the moment, which is sharing highly inappropriate memes yes, with a group I of like people. Yes, I like it. And 
<laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's good because it's getting people laughing again, yeah. you know, like, uh, and there's some really funny, I mean, you know, you have to take advantage of a bad situation, but there's some really funny coronavirus ones. I know people are a bit antsy about it, but it's, again, it's not involved in anybody's misery or harming people or anything like that. They're just funny. They're inappropriate. I love them. The people that I've been sending them to have been having a really good time with them and it's been helping raise spirits. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if I go a day without sending one, people are messaging me now saying, Oh, where's my meme? Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, Katrina Hartwell does I was going to say, if ever there's a time to follow Katrina Hartwell. Katrina Hartwell is, is the meme queen. If you haven't caught on, you, you want to follow Katrina. I love that woman so much. Uh, yeah. Oh, she put one on there the other day about a, a, a girl killing a butterfly and I nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that one. I noticed that can lie to that man. <laughs> that was dark. You're going to hell, Katrina Hartwell. That was dark. Yeah. Well, I see who I'm with her there. All right. Back so to Birdie. Back to Birdie. Yeah, I don't know how to segue into this. I've tried. <laughs> like, we are so off top. I mean, people are going to be outraged. They're going to say, you got Birdie on and all you've done is talk over the top talk of Talk about your fucking suitcase. No, and Patrick Stewart. Just laugh. This is good for us. It is good for it's us. It's good for us yeah. all too. <laughs> oh, I, I really struggle right now to segue into this. All we okay. need now is a microphone to fly into your mouth <laughs> and the day will be complete. <laughs> well, okay. So let's come back to... John Cacioppo, mm, who is yes. a researcher. Yes. And he explains that with emotional contagion, that the muscles, the muscle fibers in your face and body can be activated without you knowing, just at such a low level that you perform an emotional contagion without you being aware of it. And it's those muscle segments that trigger actually the feeling in the brain, like the muscle reaction, like just those fibrous reactions trigger that. Mm. And it doesn't have to be much. Like you just having, like I know I remember from university that did studies that if you held a pen under your nose and your bottom lip like that makes you muscle stretch as well. So very often emotions can be triggered by a simple behavior or muscle reaction. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that, you know, when you have a, a bad day that you just are mindful, is my behavior supporting what type of mind space or head space right now? Like, for instance, when you told the Patrick Stewart story and the lady was clearly disappointed to see you and you then set up and made yourself really <laughs> strong and, you know, put your shoulders back and head up. I'm like, yeah, you're helping yourself to feel good, uh, right? Yeah. So that was interesting. Can I just jump in on that sure. one for a sec? It's an interesting thing you talk about. In dog training, I usually Very explain important. it to people as micro-expressions yeah. because – Dogs are masters at communicating that way. And Ladybug's got this really funny thing that she does in the morning when she wants me to wake up is that she'll come and stand on me. Like if I'm in the bed, she literally balances on top of me and she stares at my face. And sometimes if I wanted to go away, I just pretend I'm asleep and she'll eventually get bored of it and she'll walk away. However, if she sees my eyes open, she stares intently. Like she'll sit there and just look at me like that. The minute I have the tiniest little smirk, she just jumps in like on top of me and starts licking me and wanting to play. So if I, if I wanted to go away or I want to just ignore her, I just have to stare at her blankly and literally keep my face as bland of expression as I possibly can so I don't reward the behavior. But the minute I even, like my lip even curls or my eyes change or anything like that, she thinks, oh, it's on, fuck you, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, diving in. Totally, mm. Like have you seen that Luna is the stink eye queen? Yes. Because she got rewarded so many times by me laughing yep. that now she's just like – I don't know if that's true, but she offers it a lot. Well, whatever you reward, you get giggle, more of. Yeah, and I giggle mm. a lot. And she, Luna has a very expressive face, so she makes me giggle a ton of the time. Yeah. But at the moment, she's very verbal. 
she realized that we giggle a lot when she has her, her hissy fits. Well, so. we don't realize how much we shape behaviors in dogs and in other people's on the way we behave and look. You know, the, the, mm. the, literally the way you look. Husbands and wives have known this language for years. It's the silent greeting at the door. Like when the other one walks in, you can tell or not whether you've had a bad day just mm. simply by the expression on their face. I think it's cool. I think animals teach us so much. And I, I mean, my dog makes me laugh so much. Like yesterday, she nearly killed me because she had a bad fart. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But I think it's really important that we also acknowledge that we are quite susceptible. Susceptible? Susceptible. Susceptible, thank you, to other people's emotions and that we are mindful about that. And there are quite a few studies out there that support that. Like, for example, Professor Elaine Hatfield from Hawaii, she said that, Intense negative emotions that are expressed more empathetically are more contagious. And I think that happens a lot on social media, like they're targeting the heartstrings. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to be mindful of. And um, there are a couple of factors involved which makes you more vulnerable to those things. And I was so surprised how applicable these are to the dog industry. And I was wondering if I should share them with you and we can kind of like brainstorm around it, how that impacts our industry. Because I do think our industry is quite interesting in that regard. Yes, please. So one of the factors that heightens susceptibility, what is it again? Susceptibility. Thank you. To emotional contagion is the connection between oneself and another person. So, you know, do you feel like you're in the same group? Do you feel like you have something similar with them? And I think dog people very often are surrounded by other dog people. So now you have this whole industry that is quite vulnerable to social isolation Mm -hmm. because we we are luxury service very often. Yep. So I think there's a lot of, yes, that's me. I can see myself in those shoes. Like there's this theory of mind where you can easily put yourself in other person's shoes and see it from their perspective because it's similar to your life. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of that happening on social media now because some people really are up shit creek. And then when you're reading only that, then you can start to think, well, me and you are similar, therefore I also must be up shit creek, right? Mm. Yes, and, and you draw those conclusions, right? Yeah. You, 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 I do think that emotional contagion is also there to make you feel safe and teach you something. Like it's it's there from a survival perspective as well, not mm-hmm. just from an empathy point, but also to help you cope. But um, another point that they make is if you're really good at reading nonverbal behavior, you're more vulnerable to it. Yeah. And I think dog trainers are pretty good with nonverbal body language. Very yeah. much so. so. So I think they can just feel those slight nuances in someone's language or face expression or those micro, what do you call them? Micro, micro um, expressions. The micro expressions. Mm. And I think that's just natural. And very often you might be not even aware of that. Like it hasn't been conscious to you what mm-hmm. you're actually doing. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Another point would be engaging in frequent mimicry during those interactions, like back and forth. Then another point would be being a good judge of one's own internal states. Like, are you actually aware how you're feeling? Mm -hmm. And I think that is not so easy. I think a lot of the time, if I talk about myself, and I try to be really mindful about this, like I've been putting a ton of effort into this, is we sometimes are on an emotional train without realizing that we have boarded that train. Mm. Like only when we're reaching to the chocolate or the beer or the, the smoke or we argued, we realize, hey, I'm actually not okay. Mm-hmm. It's very often that an escalated behavior shows us our emotional landscape inside. But the idea right now would be that, hey, if you have time, really learn to ground yourself. Like really take the time to master, to just watch what's happening in your mind and your emotional world that you become less reactive mm-hmm. to your environment and to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're meditating, you're doing some form of kindness meditation. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of meditating at the moment. 
I know that Glenn's using his muse muse band. Not as often as I should be. I need to be more disciplined and get back into it, especially now that the world is becoming so noisy again, mm-hmm. because it does absolutely have benefits. It's improving sleep. And weird thing is at the moment, this is just like crazy, is that suddenly I'm sleeping well again. I don't know why. It should be times where because of the more mounting stress that usually affects sleep. But for some reason, I'm sleeping like a baby at the moment. Usually I have between five and six hours sleep a night. And at the moment, I'm seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. Oh, that's good. I don't know why. Can't explain it. Well, I would take it. I would just <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to roll with yeah. it. Like, you know, good I mean, things yeah, that happen. I ideas, but I don't know if they're valid. Well, I'm trying not to be over analytical about it. I'm just sort of thinking this, this is a great, I'm, you know, like instead of waking up feeling like I'm already burnt out, I'm, I'm waking up at the moment thinking I feel good. That's good. Mm. That's good way. I think it's also really interesting how small things are so important to us. We had a couple of really crazy weeks moving and nothing, our renovation schedule with the house was so blown up because we lost a third of the property to the bushfires and we were flooded. Like it's just nothing, despite planning really well, it didn't work. Instead I go outside and sit in the sun for have my lunch outside. You know that I do play with my dog outside because I'm very often just like, let's get it done. Like I go into this work mode. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important at the moment that we, don't forget the lightheartedness in life, you know, the good things in life, that there's a balance again. Because I think in times like these, if you think about the black and the white wolf, the black wolf maybe roars right mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. Like it comes up, assertiveness comes up, working hard, digging down, depriving yourself of the good things, just being quite tough, you know, like this warrior, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where maybe the, the white wolf has to be quite strengthened so that we have balance in this because otherwise you, you're going to hurt. I don't know anything about the coronavirus. I don't know the timeline about it. And I think I'm not the only one, but I don't think it will be passed by the end of the week. Like no. this, we're going to be in for a little while. That's a good point. I think that should be spoken about a little bit more, especially amongst your own peers and work colleagues and parents or whatever, is that a lot of us don't know the answers to it. Like we're all learning about this. I put up um, a song the other day. I forget the guy's name, Ben something, but it's called We're All In This Together. And the reality is... This is something that nobody of us are experts in. Mm. Even the virologists are still learning about the coronavirus. I mean, they have much better information on it than us. And, you know, obviously they understand it to a higher degree, but they're still learning about it. They're still learning about what the effects of it are doing and so forth. And as a society, none of us are prepared for this. We've never, ever had to be prepared for pandemics before. We've never had to be prepared for world lockdowns before and border closings and on the magnitude that we've done. I mean, our great-grandparents and people who fought in wars, they understand all this isolation and having to hide, and but to a different level in different things. This is something unique. We're sort of making up the rules as we go along. Our governments are reacting to the best advice that they could possibly be given. This goes along the strain of what Pat was talking about before, is stay in line with factual and scientific information. It's the same thing I'd say to my staff. Don't go off the memes and don't go off old Jono's information. Go on to the World Health Organization, read things that are factual, debunk the myths, so we're not all running around panicking, using these old wives' tales methods to try and kill coronavirus, when really the facts are... The scientists who are on the front line, they'll tell us the latest information. And that's what we need to really be working off. I think that's sound advice right now. Yeah, I do think so. And I think it's also, 
there is this spiritual poet teacher that I really like. His name is Baba Ramdas, mm-hmm. and I really like him. And he has he has a quote out there. And I know this is not to me make light out of people who have a hard time or who have a lot of anxiety. Like you are allowed to feel those things, but just be aware that don't drown in those emotions. You know, we have a choice in how do we feed them or do we accept them? Yeah, that's accept important. Accept them is important, but mm-hmm. don't don't catastrophize. Don't feed yeah. it. Don't you know? Like help yourself out, right? There's a difference in accepting an emotion or drowning in an emotion. And he has this beautiful saying where he says, you can do it like it's a great weight on your shoulder or you can do it like it's a part of a dance. And our interaction with one another reflects a dance between love and fear. Mm. So who are you going to be? Who are you in this situation? When life pushes you so hard, what are you going to stand for? Mm. And I think at the moment we all are scared. Like it, it's some people maybe don't show it, but everyone is scared to a certain degree because it's our livelihood at the moment. We, we maybe lose people that we love. We maybe have dramatic changes in our lifestyle. So just because someone doesn't show it doesn't mean they can't relate to that emotion. So if we go through life with this understanding of, hey, you and I have more in common that we maybe show, mm. makes us more compassionate towards each other. And that doesn't mean we can't have boundaries. That doesn't mean that we have to exhaust ourselves in helping other people. That balance, again, between the black and the white wolf. You know? And we don't have to have all the answers right now. No. And that's the burden that a lot of people are putting on themselves is they – it was something that I was doing uh, a couple of days back because I kind of thought, well, because I'm the, the leader for my company, sure. I have to have all the answers. And I thought, well, hang on. I don't know what they are. So I had to have a vulnerable discussion with my staff and with the owners of the company and say, listen, I don't know everything. You know, this is all new frontier for all of us. Let's just be honest with each other. Let's have real conversations about real things when they come to light. That's all I can offer you right now because usually though it's like you to a certain degree, Pat, and you to a certain degree, Birdie, (coughs) and me to a certain degree. Yeah, a lot of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a, a lot of people a lot of, no, I have to leave that cough in now <laughs> You had to say coronatator But to a lot of degree Because we're community leaders In our fields in different things People will come to us for advice And you've got to understand Is that just because you might be A community leader or a, a spiritual leader Or anything like that You aren't the bastion of all knowledge All the time and that's okay So you know relax a little yeah, be authentic. Be authentic. That's so, good information. That was given to me some time ago. Be authentic. I know. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think in the end we just have to help each other be the best version we can be, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. But if that looks like you had a bad day and you need a cup of tea and you need quiet, great. If you have strength in you and you can help your neighbour out with the groceries, great. I think one point, oh, sorry, that I really want to highlight right now because I really noticed that in the dog communities, some people are super isolated. Like they are so isolated. And I worry about that a little bit because isolation is one of the hardest punishments you can give a person. We need Mm. connection. So I think it's really important also to make a real effort right now to be connected, whatever that looks like for you, whether that is that it's online, that you write a letter, email, talk to someone. But don't be black and white about social isolation and go like that means I have no contact. Yeah, that's like, right. Like like look for ways to be really connected in a meaningful, authentic way. And that doesn't mean that you always have to put a brave front up. You can say, hey, I had a shit day, but I'm trying to get through it. I'm getting there. But I think that's really important because a lot of people are quite in remote areas or country. Another shout out. 
Jason Cohen from the ICP. He's the Director of Oversight of Marketing. He and Melanie Benware and the Board of Directors agreed that it would be a good idea for Jason to start a part of a social media, but he's on Live, same sort of thing that Bill Church does. And he's sort of getting together with various people around the world. So it's members of the ICP, directors on the board of the ICP, people within our community where we can connect with each other and reach out and have little chats with each other online, visual audio. So you can actually see people and talk to them and so forth. So they did a test one or the first one, the pilot one a couple of days ago. It's on the uh, ICP members page. You can go in and, and watch it. And, uh, you know, great initiative, Jason. I really appreciate that. And for the board, Melanie and everybody who was involved in that little project, because that is during these uncertain times, this is part of a community reaching out and saying, we're here, we're not going anywhere, we care about you, and, you know, we'd like to talk to you as well. It's a statement of hope. It's a statement of hope. Very yeah. important. Hope's very important these days. I was actually thinking about, you know, Tonks, our beautiful friend Tonks. Mm-hmm. When I talked to him and they had, I mean, I know a lot of parts of Australia are still in drought, but when he his area was in drought and I checked in on him, he always had this beautiful answer and I had so much respect for that. I said, hey, how are you going, Tonks? And he's like, we're one day closer to the rain. Mm. You know, that just always, it still makes me very teary because it doesn't minimise anything, but it's hopeful. He's such a high-spirited guy, isn't oh, he? Yes. Like he's got so much and energy and passion. Yeah, mm. he and his family are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, that Tonks really taught me, hey, you can be packaging a message in one simple sentence that is honest but authentic and hopeful mm. without, you know. You know who is actually another nice person who I'm going to give a shout-out to? Ben Dawson. Yeah. 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 Ben just randomly just sends me these little messages. You know, like it's, I feel like a lot of the time it's usually me reaching out to people, but Ben is a genuine people who doesn't do it in a contrived fashion who will actually send me a message, mate, going, mate, how you doing? You know, like keeping your head up and so forth. So, mate, you know, I appreciate that. It was really nice of you that not just now, but you've been doing it consistently over time in, in checking in and just making sure things are okay. So, you and everybody else who are who are sending these messages around to each other, keep doing it. You know, we I, I think we all need each other now more than ever. And as Bertie's been making a really good point of, this is a really good time for each other to support each other and talk about some good things that are happening, not just all the gloom and doom, because you'll find that everywhere. Let's let's share more positive stories about what's happening, especially with your dog training achievements like Pat's been doing, like getting out on the field and showing Val mucking around and doing fun things and, and experimental behaviours that he's learning along the ways. These are really good ways for our community to share things that we can do, that we can actually do, that we do have control over right now. Like we have control over learning more. As we've said, there's more great books that we can delve into. There's more online content that we can actually get involved in. I saw that universities are now offering free online courses as part of support for the greater community. Take advantage of things like this. There are a ton of things to do. There's really great content out there at the moment. There's really generous support from different communities outside the dog communities. This is absolutely fantastic. It's an uncertain time, but it's also a great time. Yes, it's, it's like, I mean, I think times like these are really hard teachers. Like they, they are not gentle. But they're still teachers. They're not going to go away. So it's what do you do with it? You know, do you fight it? Do you struggle with it? Or do you go like, all right, I accept. This is what I can do. You know, this is an opportunity. This is a lesson to learn. Is there anything to learn in there? If not, that's cool too. But don't don't get caught up in that struggle too much. Like the more resilient you can be right now, with lightheartedness, with hope, with proactive 
you know, action taking or reaching out if you need help, like never hesitate to get more help, do it. Mm. I think a little piece of all that, especially because a lot of people listening to us are in the States that actually are in lockdown, right? Mm. Um, And maybe that's coming here, who knows? But I think you can get kind of stir crazy and a large part of that can just be a lack of physical activity. One thing I've been really lucky for, and I spoke about it very briefly sort of in one of the podcasts earlier and, and kind of resolved to not talk about it because it was a personal hobby, but I will anyway, just because it's how effective and helpful it's been for me. At the end of last year, I was listening to, it was like in November, I think, or early December, listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with a guy called Pavel Tetsulin on there. And Pavel's a like old school Russian guy who uh, essentially was the, the person who brought kettlebells out of Russia, basically, and he's a strength and conditioning coach. Mm. And just listening to him speak, he just really resonated with me because I almost felt like I was listening to Bart speak. It's the same. He has a similar he's cadence. He's a master coach. Yes, mm. but that's the, he's a person who knows literally everything there is to know on a topic, but also knows that only like six of them are important and has been, or which six are the most important and can distill that in a way where a moron like me can understand it. Mm. So it, it just really resonated with me. So I've been following like one of his strength and conditioning programs and it's real basic like kettlebell stuff, but just the way that it just fits the template of how my brain works because him and Bart teach in such similar ways. So I've really been able to plug that in, but Every time I feel a little bit kind of like, oh, like cooped up and, you know, I'm frustrated because I'm experiencing barrier frustration because I want to be out doing my job, which I now can't like do in the way that I can, which is like I'm a reactive dog on the leash. I go down to my garage and I throw that fucking kettlebell around <laughs> until I can't anymore. And then I feel amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big issues with like people who are cooped up, like a lot of the anxiety and stuff that you're feeling, it's actually barrier frustration. And when we put this stuff into, uh, well, it's part of the layered stress model. And, and go back and listen to Jay talk about that. I think it's like episode 26. But we need to apply a lot of the dog training stuff that we know. We mm. know this shit about dogs. And people would look at that dog and go, oh, I know I know exactly what the problem is here. It, the same shit applies to you. So you got to look at that and apply it to yourself. And so, yeah, there's cumulative stress. There's difficulties in life. And there's, you know, health and all that. Like when you're talking about layered stress model, it all fits in there. Yep. And one of those things is like leash communication. And that's the barrier frustration piece and that's what's happening to you when you're cooped up in your house so a lot of that's something you can take care of right now mm. you don't have a kettlebell but you can throw your couch at the wall like well, <laughs> you can you do want. some you can right? do some push-ups and sit-ups yeah and that's stuff. it like yeah. do something and to yeah. express that energy because otherwise it's just going to keep bottling and you get more and more anxious and and even if you're not a person that is a big workout person like i'm telling you it will change it you should be Right. Like, so by just doing anything that you can do within the limited space and things that you have, push ups and sit ups and air squats and whatever. There are great apps on your phone that can coach you through that whole thing. Exactly. And I tell you, there's a lot of PTs right now who have transferred to an online model. So, like, there's plenty of, there's plenty of coaching for that sort of stuff available if you need it. If not, just do the simple stuff. Like you say, get an app or do what you know. Or support a a PT out of work by doing an online course. Yeah, exactly. If you have the capacity to do that. But, Mm. For sure, that makes a huge difference. And it's funny because Bertie's smiling at me because every time she's called me in the last few weeks, I've been training yes, every time you call. Yes, like, I got to go because I have yeah, to be I've, I've, Well, record. I've set a target. I've set a target of something I want to achieve. Now I'm going to cop a bunch of people messaging me about this. I don't. This is for me. I'm not teaching anybody. But I, I am trying to do this workout by the end of the year called Simple. And so 
it's like a CrossFit type thing. It's not CrossFit, but it's like it's a hundred kettlebell swings in five minutes with a thirty-two kilo kettlebell, and then ten get-ups in ten minutes with a thirty-two kilo kettlebell. So I've set that as like my goal for the end of the year to be able to do that, which is it's fucking hard. Well, like people can do what you did. They can watch the Joe Rogan. Yeah, well, it, but and if they, you if yeah. they want to get into it, and then they can they yeah can and get work, a coach like but, a coach. but that's yeah. what I've done. And it was a hobby, but it's a hobby that is really. What happened was someone said to me one time, you know, at an event I was at, they're like, so Pat, like, what do you do for fun? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, cause I used to dogs was my hobby and now it's my full-time job and it's really all that I do. And so I used to go hunting. I don't have time for that. So people said like, so what do you do other than dogs? And I just stood there with this blank look on my face. It's <laughs> like, I do nothing. And I don't think you are owning that. I think a lot yeah, of people right. would have the same answer. Yeah, that's right. Because that's what happens when this is your hobby that becomes your jobby and then becomes your job. Like that's it. You kind of don't have anything else. And why, if you're in a position where you can't do that anymore, you got to think, fuck, I need something else yeah, to do. Yeah, that's lightheartedness. You need, need that right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, but so I, I learned to diversify out of that a while ago. Yeah. Well, that's I what's, just didn't want to be boxed into one thing and one thing. Yeah. Only. So you ride your bike yeah. and that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. All so that for sort me, of stuff. Yep. so for me, but it's just pure luck that it's worked out that I've gotten quite good now with the kettlebell and it's been fun because the way that like Pavel's thing and the company is strong first for anybody, here's the plug. And I will actually, if you're in Sydney, I will plug the guy that I'm co- being coached by, a guy called Peter Bolsius. Um, if you look him up, his mojo strength and conditioning, but you'll find him on Facebook. He's got a thing, the Alpha Male Project as well. Mm. But anyway, so he's like a trait, like he's a certified instructor in it. And it's been super fun for me just to be coached again. He's the one who's really hard on you. And every time he goes soft, you beg him to go hard yeah, on well, you, isn't Yeah, well, like I told him, like, <laughs> he's don't, like, I'm, don't, yeah, we don't, I'm not here to, like, I do like the guy and we are friends, but I'm like, I'm not. We're not here to be friends. Like, I want to fucking get good at this and give me the straight information, right? And I think he appreciates that. But anyway, we're having a really good time. But it's just pure luck that for me that that's a hobby now that is paying fucking dividends because when you get – when I get frustrated or if I can feel like an anxiety of it coming yeah. on, I can – like, trust me, you throw that kettlebell around for long enough, you don't care about anything afterwards, right? Mm. Like, the, you just want to go to bed or recover. So, anyway, just stuff like that. I think that anybody – like, in – Difficult times, don't forget that that's really important, that kind of thing. There's so many benefits to it because you get the physical and mental yeah. clarity out of it at the end. Yeah. And, and what's the benefits been cool, of, of changing your life. Yeah. And what's been cool is it's just an interesting way for me to train. I've never trained like that before. When I was in the army, I was really sort of focused on like what we would call like battle fitness. Mm. And then after army, it was more like body composition, like weightlifting. But this is now like Strong's first thing is is strength. Mm. And so it's, it's about like how heavy can you get? And the form has to be 100%. And it's been, I've just been really enjoying it. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's really technical. Um, very technical. Very, very, technical, very technical. In, in a, like, and it's not really about like feeling the burn. The thing is, you want to feel the burn lighter match. Like, this is designed, this is a technical practice of yep. moving this bell around in a particular way. And yeah, it's and not a race, it's a marathon. Yeah, yep. totally. Anyway, so it's been great. It's been fun for me. Cool. And it's just the way, like I say, watching. Pavel on Joe Rogan, I thought it was, it may as well have been Bart. Like it's the same level of expertise, but ability to distill that to the knucklehead who is actually going to like do the thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, so that's, that's that's my plug for get some strength and conditioning India. Yeah. I just had this realization the other day. I'm like, why do people not meditate? You know, why do people find it so hard to meditate? I don't know how. Yeah. But I also think that usually, I've taught many people to meditate to stop or 
to kind of like slow the mind down. Like that was the main thing, slow the mind down. Whereas now I'm like, no, meditate so you can listen. Mm -hmm. So you can listen to the universe and to your own inner wisdom. And that's a very different focus. There's a reason I think, and I can reflect on that a little bit personally, because my old martial arts coach way back when, before meditation was cool, he was the first person who taught me to meditate, but it took forever to learn it for me because my mind was so busy and so noisy all the time. There was just things rattling around in my brain that I just couldn't silence that inner monologue that kept going in the, because there were several of them and they were all competing for space at the time. And I spoke to Peter about it. You know, I said, look, I'm, I'm really, really struggling with this. And he said, I was at the start too. He was an ex-Vietnam veteran and everything like that. So he had a lot of – and he said that's why I learned to meditate. And he said there was just so much shit going on in my head all the time. Plus he had tinnitus and all sorts of problems going. But he was the first guy I actually had a breakthrough in it because – we used to, I mean, he used to train a bunch of us. We used used to go back to his place and we learned to meditate and stuff like that. He was a really, just a beast of a guy, but just an absolute fantastic mentor for anybody who wanted to take 10 minutes to calm your life a little bit. And even though I found it difficult, I managed to get breakthroughs in meditation. But the problem was, is the length of time it took. But he was just a great coach who invested time in people. You know, like he, he used to say, look, I've got all the time in the world to help you. And that's what I want to do. And that's why I got a breakthrough. And years later, I tried to get back there again and found it very difficult. And that's why I bought the Muse device. So for me, Muse helps me quieten that monologue that won't shut up. And that's why people give up on it because they're saying, I just can't compete over that vibration, that noise that's that's hitting me inside the head. But Muse, for me, the reason why I got it, you know, people say that I love technology, but it actually helped shut the noise off because I can control it and I've learned how to work within it. And for, like I said, for me, it worked really well. I know Sarah Wysum was doing it. She's had some good breakthroughs in it. So it goes along the, the lineage of use what works. Yeah, I, I think so, because it's interesting. Like for me, technology usually never is an incentive. Like it's total opposite. I like things to be simple. But for me, it's because I connect with nature. Like I can mm. go outside and I can – feel like very often I don't do a thought-based med- meditation. I do a mindful meditation just to listen to the trees or to the birds and or to feel the temperature or the wind. Like I, I really tried to ground myself in that regard. So I think that's what, something I really want to focus on in the next couple of months is how to make meditation a bit more enticing for people. I'd, yeah. I'd prefer your way. Your way is the ideal way to start doing it, I feel. I don't know. It's just what I can do. Yeah. I think what's important, like, you know, we're not the meditation podcast and what do I know, but I think that everybody <laughs> is different in what you get from it. Like I get actually the opposite from what you get, Glenn. Like I get the ability to be more, to hear more voices rather than, cause like a fault of mine is like a, a dangerous laser focus. And that when I decide I'm going to do something like I can be dangerous in in the process of, of anything that would derail me from what I've chosen to do. Mm. And I think that from the like meditation that I sort of do is I can then be like, okay, hang on. Like maybe that's not so important. Right? Get what you <laughs> like, need in meditation. If it's done that's well, right. you get yeah, that's what you right. need. But I'm not hearing the right voices. That's the problem. Yeah, but, I'm not hearing helpful voices. But that's I'm what hearing. I mean. So everybody gets a different thing where yeah. I'm sort of getting more more inputs. And mm. if you could convince everybody to do it, it would be amazing. But also it comes in different forms. Like I do most of my meditating driving in the car, right? Like Because you can still keep your like basic motor functions going. That's, that's an interesting thing because that's when I'm most at peace, when I'm going from location to location. Yeah. 
and I put on Sapolsky or something like that as an audio book and yeah. I meditate to that. I don't know why. I just seem to have more ability to be able to be at peace listening to the information and I do find it meditative yeah. because I get to the other end and I think, oh, that was actually a really peaceful time. The phone stopped ringing. The voices in my head weren't buzzing around. You slowed down. Slowed down. You slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important to know yourself and all that kind of stuff. Agreed. What an interesting podcast. Maybe. Was a bit from for everybody everything. that's still listening. <laughs> like, hmm. Maybe. Well, you know, I, I think as a dog training podcast, it might not have been super beneficial, but because of the times we're in, I think it's highly beneficial. Yeah. And we will be back next week talking dog stuff. We'll be back on track. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got Birdie here and the whole reason we wanted to sit in the room together was because I think we needed to bash out a few things that, you know, a few feelings that people are feeling right now. Yeah, and, and from a very selfish perspective, um, my ened- I got a couple of spoons out of this. Like I had lots of giggles, so thanks for having me. It's very selfish, but I had a great time. Well, thanks, for trekking, <laughs> thanks for trekking down. How long does it take you to get here now? Nearly two hours. Whoa, Jesus. Well, we appreciate you. Mm. Hope I appreciate do. you. I had a great time. Yeah, same. So any closing thoughts, Bertie, about, you know, I mean, lockdown's looming. Don't drown in anxiety. Say, fuck you, anxiety. So don't drown in anxiety and panic right now. Say, fuck you. I'm allowed to feel vulnerable. I'm allowed to struggle, but I will try to focus on things that are helpful for myself and my community. Nice. That's what I try to do at the moment. Not that I'm a great example, but I try. Perfect. Yep. Hey, before I do the wrap up, mm-hmm. I've had enough people contact me about the box stuff. Yep. So thank you. There's many people I've got to get back to, but on that last episode, I've had lots of people reach out. So Good. don't anybody else reach out. And if you did, I promise I'll get back to you. And But I, I just am chasing my tail on a few things at the moment. Mm-hmm. So yes, thank you very much for the overwhelming reach out on that. That's been good. I'll have some awesome content on that coming up. Cool. All right. Anything else from anybody else? Love you all. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. All right. That's it for another episode of the Canon Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. If you want to support the show, you can do that via Patreon. Glenn's got the con on the content this month. It's, uh, what are we doing? We're going to go through an, a visual display of going through the pros and cons of teaching scent detection. Yep. Cool. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to make it a basic model. I'm going to use Ladybug as my example. I've been filming her doing some work, but I'm also just going to do like a, an easy setup going to use Mike Suttles scent tubes, um, which are Pat's my scent tubes, the ones that, that belong to him that, <laughs> that are left here. But I'm going to go through that. I'm just going to go through the procedure. So we're going to talk about how to make your odor work, um, mm-hmm. different considerations. There's so many different disciplines in it, but we're going to talk about that and many, many other things. Cool. Mm. And I'll do uh, like a live Q&A in Patreon sometime in the next few days anyway, just because we're around. We've got the time, so people are isolated, so we may as well make, take the chance. Yep. And so you can jump into Patreon and uh, support the show that way. Or we can get on a Teespring and buy some cool merch. Um, you can still look good during the apocalypse. Yeah, you may as well. Yeah. May as well go out yeah. looking great. <laughs> <laughs> and best way to get in contact with us is to post something in the discussion group. You can email us, but we've got 300 emails of people trying to sell us crap and, yeah, and give us fake five-star reviews. And, like, and Fuck you if you pay for those. And trying to like loot us into changing our website fuck you guys too yeah. hate you guys <laughs> we get so many so many so many seo fucking people yeah we're doing our own shitty job I do ourselves my own SEO. <laughs> independent yeah we're strong independent men that's right good for you all right that's it
Music, Sing please. it, brother. <laughs>